welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Crappy Christian. I am your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Hey, welcome to Confessions of a Crappy Christian. Thanks for having me, Blake. I am excited to chat. I've actually been following you and Grace Lace and all that for a really long time. So this is a fun Aww. little getting to like kind of come full circle and have a conversation Aww, about thanks. your new book. And your new book and, and what your message is is definitely going to resonate with the people who listen to the show. We talk a lot mm-hmm. about hustle culture mm-hmm. and that idea that you can work yourself into success and then therefore eventual happiness or contentment. Right. And right. your new book, When Strivings Cease, mm-hmm. is coming out. Tell us a little bit about where the book came from and, and why you feel like women need to hear this message now. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. Bye. In, in God's plan, for whatever reason, my first books were devotional in nature and they were always full color, meant to be read like small meditations. And so this is my first trade book. The first time I've written 50,000 words essentially to tell the backstory of why the grace of God is so amazing to me. Why I really say that grace changes everything. Why I founded a company and a ministry called Grace Laced. And it's really not a memoir or anything, but it really tells of the story of how I was raised between an Eastern achievement mindset and a Western belonging mindset, both of which are highly value appearance and Mm. hustle and achievement and earning your way. And really, you know, if you think about it, we're, we're inundated with that every day, whether you have any access to an Asian American cultural mindset or not, maybe that's completely outside of your norm or your immediate context. But if you're on social media, you Mm -hmm. understand all of what comes with that sense of like, Oh my goodness, there are measures. You can read your stats, your insights. You're constantly aware of how you can measure yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Measure the way you look, measure the way you're received, measure the way how far the work that you do goes, how many people you reach. So it's not even measuring because you're vain, just it's constantly available for you to measure your productiveness, right? And so, you know, it just felt like the right time to really share the story because I think. What's on my heart more than anything, like, is the realization that we are in a time where the majority of all the books that are out there and all the podcasts and everything that's available to us is a constant influx of information that tells you how to improve yourself, how to live Mm -hmm. your best life, how to be the hero of your own story, how to, in essence, even if we don't say it like this, we're kind of living in a culture that says how to be your own savior how to Mm -hmm. save your life. And so as a believer, as a Christ follower, I just, I I had to stop and say, okay, why is it that as women, and I can only speak to my experience as a Christ following woman, but why is it that I have more opportunities, more access to information than ever before, but I'm so exhausted? Like, what is it that (laughs) makes women, why are we more exhausted than we've ever been 
um, even though we have so much material, so many resources, we are accessing 24 seven, good podcasts, good books, good information. And so I kind of just spent some time really assessing and analyzing what is it that we're hustling for? What is it that we're working so hard towards? What are, what is it that we think we have to keep achieving and earning in order to get? Mm-hmm. And when it comes down to it, I really believe that we're trying to access favor and belonging and approval and self-worth and ultimately love and those very things that Jesus is trying to provide for us that we were created to access in Christ through the grace of God. We're just missing that whole thing because we're treating the grace of God like, like a cruise ship instead Mm -hmm. of a life raft. You know, we're kind of thinking that the Christian life is kind of like kind of a nice thing to like, take a ride on for a while and see if it's going to make me enjoy the scenery a little bit more. But we don't understand that the grace of God was meant to literally pluck us from utter despair and destruction. If we did, we might actually stop feeling so exhausted trying to save ourselves. Yeah, I think you touched on something really important that was a major revolution for me. I'm kind of the same, like, don't have Asian American roots or influences. Sure. I'm Southern Louisiana as they come, <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but I'm very much hardwired for hustle and for achievement and for productivity mm-hmm. and yeah. want to make the most of the time that I have. And one of the things that I had to kind of learn and realize is that I love that you touched on we're, we're striving after all of these things for what, what are we actually trying to get to? And it's that, mm-hmm. that acceptance and that love and that the, but that the truth is, is that we were hardwired for those things. Like we were Absolutely. created to want those things. We're yeah. just going to the wrong source yep. to get them. Exactly. You're right. And yeah. so that's such a mindset shift that it does, it totally leads to exhaustion and burnout. Mm-hmm. And I think despair as well, because unless you are going to the cross to right. Christ to get those things, it's never going to be enough. Yeah. I mean, you're totally exhausted. If the only hope you have is to be better. Like, right. I mean, if every morning I wake up, like, and I'm saying to myself, the only way I'll ever be happy today is if I'm more amazing than I was yesterday, mm-hmm. then oh my goodness, your only choices are to be just to like kill it today and be amazing and ever and do the same that, thing again yes, tomorrow. Right, right. And then when does it ever end? Yeah. And no wonder, I, I, it breaks my heart to think about it, but no wonder so many people crumble and there's so much anxiety and there's so much despair and depression. And no wonder the mental health and the emotional health in our generation is just so fragile right now, Mm -hmm. you know, because I think if we are constantly feeding ourselves, even in the church, even as believers, if we are letting what informs us the most be a constant influx of, you got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and you've got to create the life that, you know, you're responsible for creating this amazing thing by being amazing. If we're constantly feeding on that, then we kind of substitute the actual transformation of the gospel with our own formula of Mm. self-reliance. Yeah. And we're so human that 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 formula is so flawed and so incapable. And I I think it is really important to touch on. This is not a a world exclusive issue. This has infiltrated and inundated the church 
and yeah. the church's yeah. message. And there are so You're many, right. you know, if we're speaking specifically to Christian women, mm-hmm. I mean, I would venture to say that the percentages are probably equal between yep. believers and non-believers that struggle with this, this striving and that we can fulfill something within ourselves. And I know one of the things that you talk about in the book is the gospel of self-improvement, mm-hmm. which you just kind of touched on a little bit and how kind of in conflict that is with the actual gospel. So can you talk mm-hmm. a little bit about kind of what the gospel of self-improvement teaches us and, mm-hmm. and how different that is from the actual gospel? Yeah, the word gospel literally means and comes from the word for a good story or the good news. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's interchangeable with that, you know. And so when we say the gospel of self-improvement, it's really just to illustrate that we live in a world where every new formula for how to be a better version of yourself seems like good news to the Mm. world and maybe to believers as well. And I think this is, it's convicting to my own heart before it's something I want to preach at somebody else. But the truth is, I think we've been biblically illiterate for so long and Mm. we don't actually know what the gospel truly is, the biblical gospel, what I think we kind of find it boring somehow. And we're just like, oh, well, I learned that in VBS and that was good enough. And it saved me from hell and it makes (laughs) sure that I go to heaven. And then we just kind of leave it at that. And then we keep on striving on our own Mm -hmm. as if the gospel is enough to save us, but not enough to sustain us. And I think that we just live like that. And that's why we're so exhausted. So, so I guess with the, it's not even like a pushing back about what you said, but I just want to expand it a little bit to say, yes, it infiltrates the church, but I wonder if it's infiltrating the church that is somehow, I don't know, potentially lulled to sleep by the, yes. the a, a worldly worldview and doesn't really know the gospel truly, or isn't clinging to the actual, I mean, Paul spent so much time talking about it in his letters. And in Romans and, you know, my key passage in Ephesians chapter two, but do we find that old news and skip over it and just go grace, grace. Yes. God's grace. Lovely. Yeah. But we don't actually cling to it. Like, oh my goodness, I literally have nothing to offer, nothing to hang on here, but for the grace of God that makes it possible for me to not only come to Jesus, but to have everything I need to be kept in Jesus and to live a life of purpose. And so then we skip all that and we say, Oh, in Christ, I, I'm, I have a life of purpose, but then we think that we're supposed to get there on our own. And that's not the gospel message at all. No. And it, you summarized it so perfectly that we think that the gospel can save us, but not sustain us. I personally am, have been guilty of that plenty yeah, of yeah. times in my life yep. where, you know, it's exactly what you're saying. We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm, yep. Did the good yep. work. Like <laughs> I'm good. I know where I'm going, but like, I got to yeah. do the rest of it on my own because right. like, God's not here. And like, I got stuff to get done. And that is, we keep using this word exhaustion, but I think it probably is <laughs> resonating with the people that are listening because we're so tired. And the right. reality is, is that living out of this, like living out of the truth that God's grace is enough and has, has and will continue to accomplish what it needs to doesn't necessarily mean that your plate is going to get less full. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. that your schedule is going to get less full. It doesn't mean you're going to have less to get done. It just means that you just walk through life differently and you carry it differently. And it's, it changes what fuels you. Yes. So when you strive in your own strength, 
you're literally striving to outrun shame and to mm. achieve or gain something that you don't trust God for. Ooh. But when you strive in grace and walk in a manner worthy, as Paul says in Colossians, uh, for example, that you ultimately are fueled by grace. It's the grace mm. of God that gives you reason to get up in the morning and to for, for you to follow through with your commitments and for you to do things with excellence. You're not doing things with excellence in order to earn his favor. You're doing things in excellence because you have his favor. Amen. And there's a big difference there. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Was there a point where this changed for you? Was there like a turning point where you realized, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm doing this all out out of my own quote unquote Mm -hmm. capability. And that's not how I want to do this anymore. You know, I definitely think that it wasn't some big lightning flash or big momentous thing. And I've learned this in stages through different seasons of my life, Mm -hmm. decades of my life. But the most poignant, as I do share in this book, was Really, in my early years in college, I think I was really rocked with this, like, I was a biochem major, I got in early at UC Berkeley, I got all these different scholarships, and, you know, then I had a full ride at Westmont College, and was feeling pretty good about myself, like, overall, Mm -hmm. just feeling like, I'm going to just nail it at being this amazing student, and I'm going to make everybody proud I mean, why not be a neurosurgeon? Because isn't that what everybody expects of me? Mm -hmm. And it was just crumbling underneath all this other stuff because in my heart of hearts, I was rebelling in ways that other people couldn't see. I was Mm -hmm. a rebellious in my heart towards God. I was confused and I was really miserable and I couldn't figure out why until ultimately, you know, I think the beginnings of the discovery for me was when I stopped, well, when I had good discipleship. I mean, I mean, that's really the bottom line. The bottom line is somebody actually really explained the gospel to me, I think was when I finally realized, oh, Matthew 5, Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus is talking to religious rulers and Pharisees and basically saying, you think you're doing all these things Mm -hmm. great and, and enough. But if you even, if you even lust after a woman, you're committing adultery. You think you're not a murderer because you're so prim and proper and you're, you're not one of those people. But if you even speak hatefully or think hatefully towards somebody, you've committed murder in your heart. Mm-hmm. I think that rocked my world yeah. in combination with ultimately being saved by grace through faith, not of your works. I mean, those that combination made me go, <laughs> oh my goodness, I yeah. have been trying to do all this by impressing God with my resume, with my little CV here, with, with all the things that I can bring to the table with a, look, I didn't sin that bad. I've never done that. I didn't smoke pot. I mean, I didn't do those things. Right. And then Mm -hmm. I think I can bring that to God. And some like, look at me, aren't I like worthy when the gospel like laid me low It made me realize, Oh, what Jesus is teaching is that I come basically wired to want to rebel and be self-sufficient and do things on my own. And until I recognize that I am incapable of restoring my life without Him, I'm never going to taste the freedom that was meant to come by grace alone. So 
So it's really no secret that I struggle with mental health. I've talked really openly about being on and off antidepressants and my battle with anxiety and PTSD. But one of the most important moves I've made in my mental health journey has been getting into counseling. This is why I partner with Faithful Counseling. I know that getting into therapy can be overwhelming and intimidating, but Faithful Counseling offers online Christian counseling where you can get the help and guidance you need to walk through your struggles with Christ at the forefront. In a matter of minutes, you can get matched with a counselor and begin connecting with them via text, video, or phone calls. Faithful Counseling is drastically more affordable than traditional face-to-face therapy, and they price on a sliding scale. I've also partnered with them to offer you 10% off of your first month when you sign up by visiting getfaithful.com slash crappy Christian. You can get the help you need today with Faithful Counseling and do it all from the comfort of your couch. If you follow me on Instagram, you've already heard me wax poetic about my favorite $13 manicure from Red Aspen, but I just wanted to tell the podcast people about it in case you're still spending $50 plus at the salon every week. Red Aspen's nail dashes are durable, easy to use, cute as heck, and super affordable. So go to redaspenlove.com slash crappychristian to grab a pair of nail dashes and a much better alternative to all the money you don't need to be spending at the salon. Okay, let's get back to the show. Yeah, those verses that you mentioned are such a one-two punch, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> that's such yeah. a, that'll lay you out real quick. And <laughs> I don't know about you. Yeah. I personally can look back and see the places where I learned the lessons specifically about the grace of God and about mm-hmm. humility and my capacity. God mm-hmm. has to pretty consistently lay me out. Like, yeah. it has to be like, for sure. Or, I can't do this anymore. And God's like, uh-huh. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's the point. Like, For sure. You gotta For quit sure. trying to do this all on your own. And so I think people listening, I'm sure like resonate with this, but I think sometimes it can feel a little intangible, like, mm-hmm. okay, God's grace is enough mm-hmm. and see striving. But what yeah. do you have any words? And I know this is in the book and obviously you want people to get and read the book but like what does stopping striving and accepting and functioning from God's grace like what does that look like in your life yeah you're right and I love that you acknowledge that because I think it's easy for us to talk the big talk and then go back to kind of just living the way we've always lived and there's nothing formulaic about this that's why this topic is hard and I think that's why maybe we go to self-help instead because it feels like it's at least five steps that get us somewhere, right? Right. But the hard work here, the, the thing that's difficult here is that it's it's a daily process. And so for me, mm-hmm. it, it means that I have to daily lay down my striving and remember that I can put on a, my, my new creation life, you know, that I can remember my identity in Christ. And I think about every time as seen through the epistles that Paul writes, as seen through the psalmist, and his, you know, all the Psalms, I think about the fact that every time there's freedom and there's like a, Hey, this is the, this is how you can walk now in Christ. It follows all the remembering of what he's already done for us. Mm -hmm. Meaning Mm -hmm. I don't think you can wake up in the morning and just simply go, I'm going to write C striving on a post-it note, put it on my (laughs) mirror. And I got this, like, I'm going to look at that, those two words. I'm going to cease striving, cease striving. Like we can't just make it a mantra. We have to start by doing, you might hear me say often, you know, preach truth to yourself. You have to do what the psalmist does when he's kind of trying to 
when he's striving and trying to outrun fear and outrun his enemies or do as Paul says, when, you know, your past haunts you or when you feel like you don't know how to love one another, anytime there's an actionable that you want to say, like, I want to stop doing this and I want to do something different and I want to live better. Mm -hmm. It actually starts with remembering what God has already done. And so when we start with what God through Christ has already accomplished, that's when we can reassess how we can stop putting our hope in what we can accomplish. Yes. That is so powerful, I think, because like I said, when I kind of posed the question, I think it can feel intangible. It can feel Mm -hmm. and daunting as well. You kind of always functioned out of your quote unquote own striving. And now you're faced with, oh, that's like, that's not how God created me Mm -hmm. to function in his grace and his goodness. Like, and that's good and healthy conviction. Mm -hmm. I know I've been in a place of, okay, now what? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Ah, You know, so kind of going back to the topic of self-improvement, because I think this can be like a blurry line for people. Do you think that there is a healthy place for or amount of self-improvement that we should or can engage in? Like if yeah, that's a if great you're kind question. of where you're lined up where you should be like with God and his grace, like yeah. is that something that Christians should be taking part in? I'd say this side of heaven, we, we wouldn't be exercising if we didn't think that it was good for our bodies to be able to serve the Lord for a long time. We might, we would prioritize not eating Cheetos every day and maybe going <laughs> on a walk, right? I wouldn't put on makeup if I didn't feel like, oh, I would want to present my best self and make sure I even out my skin tone when I'm going to go meet with somebody. Right. So we're always every day is filled with versions of some kind of self-improvement. And even the books and the podcasts and the webinars that I might sound like I'm throwing shade at, I'm not. I'm actually mm-hmm. saying, well, there's good, there's tools out of that. And there are smart people telling us to organize your life or to right. make some goals. I think the problem comes when we pair that, those tools or even pair makeup or exercise or any of those things that could be helpful tools in our daily life. And when we pair that with a paradigm, a worldview or a belief that if I do those things, I will prevent myself from ever feeling Mm -hmm. loss or pain or hurt. I want to keep, I want to control the outcome in my life so that I don't actually have to trust God. I can just trust Mm -hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. That's that's when self-help is a problem, right? Yes. That's when yes. self-improvement is a problem is if you exercise to the extent that you think you can bypass anything that would cause you to have to surrender and trust God for a diagnosis, right? Yes. Or yes. that you put on makeup so that you can bypass the part where you trust God that he created you uniquely with your special features that you're trying to hide something about yourself. Mm-hmm. Or that you would set so many goals that you would bypass the part where you have to trust God with the disappointment that your life doesn't turn out the way you thought it would. So the part where we have to lay down our strivings is lay down the part that we think we can do enough or be enough or strategize enough to not have to trust God. Amen. And, And so biblically speaking, we still walk in faith. We still strive to be godly and holy. We align our lives with the Lord. We put our Bibles on the shelf. We we keep accessing it and trying to say, Lord, give me the ears to hear and the eyes to see what you're doing, even when I don't feel like it. Is that striving? Mm. Not if we trust him for the results. 
Mm-hmm. But even a Christian who is opening her Bible up every single day can be striving if it's a formula to try to bypass trusting God to grow that in her. Right. That's, if yeah, you're, that if you're trying to word. do something to simply to try to control and create the outcome that you think you can manipulate, that's no longer walking in faith. That's walking in self-reliance. Mm-hmm. I always, I talk about it. Like we use the word mindset. I think of it mm-hmm. as heart set. Yeah. Like what's the heart of this? And you can, maybe sometimes it's not always apparent like from the get go, but you can fairly easily notice and discern the heart behind someone giving you the, the, the tools for self-improvement. You're right. Yeah. Uh, in that world. Cause I have been fully immersed in that world, in that sure. self-improvement motivational speaker world. And yeah. now kind of having stepped out of it, I can look back in and see the ones who, I mean, not to sound any kind of way, but we're in it to, to make money off of me sure. and my dreams who right. Right. the only formula they had to offer was how to make a mini version of themselves. Right. Um, who, they were yeah, offering, it, no, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's you, okay. You got, me, you got me fired up. Um, <laughs> no, I was just going to say, you're, you're totally right. It's about what are they pointing to? What's the end right. goal? Right. Is exactly. the end goal, like exactly what you said, is the end goal to be just like them, to do it just like them. And is the end goal ultimately fulfillment in yourself? Because exactly. you've got to just weigh I mean, there's no, there's no formula answer to how much self-improvement, how much self-help or which self-improvement or which self-help you can only say, we have to use discernment and say, okay, is this prescribed encouragement? Is this leading me to a greater sense of it's all for me and about me? And it's all about having the best version of life on earth. And how does that square up with what Jesus says? Mm-hmm. And you got to do the work to discern that. Yes, you do. I and I think yeah. exactly, that's what I was about to say. There's no, you know, like you said, formula where we can tell people, look for this, this, and this, and mm-hmm. then say yes or no. You yeah. have to be discerning. I think you also have to be discerning of where you're, you're at. What's your vulnerability? Mm-hmm. What's your natural bent? You know, there may be people out there who can listen to a motivational speaker and not walk away, like if they don't have a natural bent towards pride or towards making totally. their own yes. name great, they can maybe learn yep. some things from someone. But if that's what they struggle with, and then they have they listen to a conference or read a book or listen yep. to a podcast from someone that that's their mo. Yeah, like you should be really discerning yeah. of that yep. because even as someone personally who, when I stepped into the self improvement self help world, I didn't think making myself famous was what I wanted. When I got out the other end, I was Mm. like grossed out with myself because what had happened Mm. in the chaos of being in that world was everything had become about growing my Instagram, growing Mm. my this, getting a book Mm. deal. And you just kind of got it like almost like slimy. You're like, oh, like Mm. those things happening isn't bad. Right. Your intention behind and why those things come to be and how those things come to be can get real off course real fast. Yeah, so true. That's good. Yeah. Real fast. So just for, let's say there's someone listening that's in that world, okay, that's mm-hmm. gotten kind of into the 
they're reading the books, they're listening to the podcast, they feel like they're hustling. Mm-hmm. What's like some encouragement for them to kind of maybe begin to find their way back to a house built on a solid mm-hmm. rock instead of sand? I think asking yourself some really vulnerable, self-assessing, probing questions is a really good start. Yeah. You, and I can't do that for you. You can only right. you know, journal about it yourself. But I would ask myself the question, what do I feel like if I don't have, I'm going to be miserable? Like, what do I have Ooh. to have to be happy? Ooh. And what am I willing to do to get that? If the, what I'm willing to do to get that thing that makes me happy, if that causes me to basically sin, and let's not think of murder here. Let's think about <laughs> like pride and right. selfishness and obsessing about self and really not loving the Lord and loving yourself. And you know this, you know this, what is it that you really think you need to make you happy? Mm-hmm. And what are you willing to do to get that? If that plates you somewhere that, I mean, not a biblical term, but if it's icky and if it yeah. ultimately makes you realize like that's, that's who you're becoming friend. Like that's all I can yeah. say. Yes. Like that's who you're becoming. And don't be surprised that five years from now, if that's the direction that you're going, you are going to become what you love the most. And so if what you love the absolute most is fame and notoriety and being really well loved, then you're going to become what it takes to do that. Yeah. And so you're going to fill your life with people who tell you at all costs, make your dreams come true. But if you want to be a Christ follower that meets Jesus face to face and offers everything and you don't have to hide any of it and just, and you can really say, wow, Lord, you gave me Christ and I ran the race mm-hmm. because I was fueled by you, then you have to reorient your heart to loving him. And loving him means that you start with what has he, what has he done for you and yeah. who you are, who are you in him? And when yeah. you start there, you can kind of reassess and go, okay, is my life actually aligning with this? Am I becoming aligned with what I love most? Because five years from now, you will be yeah. what you behold on a daily basis, which is partly why I wrote Beholding and Becoming years ago. But ultimately, that what you're looking at, what you're studying, what you're letting disciple you every single day is what you're becoming. Yeah. And so we ultimately get to have a choice there. It doesn't mean that you should stop listening to the, a helpful podcast or quit that webinar, that seminar that you're taking. No, use those as tools. But what's making your heart beat really, really fast? Mm-hmm. For, like what's making you like really excited and and what what are you loving all the time and let that be eternal things let that be the grace of god that fuels you and if you don't really know why the grace of god can be that fuel maybe you should start with studying and finding out what's so amazing about grace mm-hmm. and i'm hoping that i can help you with that but ultimately i think it starts there i think it yeah. starts with reorienting our love and our passion and what we're waking up in the morning for. I love that. And it really falls in line with, I have this note in my phone and the two questions that I check myself with and convict myself with are who gets the glory and at Mm. what cost? Just who's getting the glory? Whose glory are you working for? And then separate from that, what is X, Y, or Z costing you? Like, is it costing you rest? Is it costing you time with your family? Is it costing you humility? And we've kind of alluded to, like, we've watched some mega names crash Absolutely. and burn. Yep. And, and I'm not ever, I'm not going to pretend to un- know the behind the scenes. I'm not going to pretend to be their Holy Spirit. But I would venture a guess that those questions and the things that you're saying weren't being asked. Yeah. 
Sure. And that's dangerous. Like you said, surrounding yourself with yes people and Mm -hmm. people who only like tell you that you're everything you're doing is great (laughs) and your dreams are the only thing that matter and never being open to conviction and to Mm -hmm. like, you know, like it's so 2000s, but like check yourself before you wreck yourself. Like, because you're going, (laughs) I love your thing about like in five years, you'll be what you love. Like, you're going to you are on a fast train to wrecking yourself yeah if you're not checking in with that and with the holy spirit and what your intentions are and what you're working for so Mm -hmm. i can't wait to read this book because i as a formal former hustler Mm -hmm. always need check-ins and checkups and i'm sure people can get it wherever they get books right like Mm -hmm. all the places that they get their books (laughs) and uh tell people where they can find and connect with you online where they can yeah i love getting to share my heart and encouragement at ruth joe simons on instagram that's r-u-t-h-c-h-o-u-s-i-m-o-n-s and you can find my artwork and the products i create at gracelaced.com and i do hope that when striving cease uh, book comes out it is an encouragement and brings you back to alignment with the favor that God's always meant for you amen thank you so much this was such a like incredible 30 minutes flew by conversation Mm. thank you thank you so much for having me all right that's it for this week thanks for tuning in to another episode of the crappy Christian podcast and hey by the way if you super loved it can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening that'd be awesome All right, see you next week.